This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Shooter ready. Stand by. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio. We are your Second Amendment community. Interviews, product reviews, politics, trivia. Gun Owners Radio has it all and more. Check us out at gunownersradio.com and tune in every week to hear Dave Stahl, Michael Schwartz, and all our guests talk about everything Second Amendment. Here we go. Radio, FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Attention California residents. Gun laws are changing across the country. The recent SCOTUS ruling affirms your right to carry a concealed firearm. So now, more than ever, it's critical you know your California gun laws. That's why the U.S. Concealed Carry Association exists to help keep responsibly responsible Americans up to date with education and training. Visit uscca.com backslash G-O-R to learn more about California gun laws and getting your concealed carry permit. That's uscca.com backslash G-O-R for the most up-to-date California gun laws. Act now. What's up, everybody? We got a full house, Dave. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we got Action Jackson. Alicia, how are you? Pretty well. I, uh, You know, your last uh, review, you just helped me set up the uh, the uh, new ear, ear protection. Yes, and, we did. And so far, I love it. Good. Oh, did you get them already? I got them. So far, I love it. it they hook up to my phone. Like ma- It's like magic. Like magic. So I'm going to be able to drive around in my Jeep listening to music. Instead and of you don't look silly with your hands on i i probably still look silly but at least i'll look uh my ears will look smaller there you go well Not that's much extremely important that's right all right well and mary davis did you meet mary yet dave no i didn't we were uh playing musical chairs <laughs> well mary we're going to talk to mary a little bit later in the show about something amazing that she's doing okay cool in the local political realm but she uh she's going to accompany us throughout her little journey here yeah this is the art of radio when people come in and i have no idea what we're doing <laughs> but that's the beauty of it all. I love it. It's absolutely the best. So we had two shooting socials this this uh, this weekend. We had one yesterday. And we had one this morning. Wow. Yeah. We, oh, we, we taught like 30 people this weekend. Still got ammo? Still got ammo, most of which had never shot before. Yesterday morning was like a dozen at Discount Gun Mart. And uh, man, it was, it was really, really awesome. So many smiles. I absolutely love seeing people who are nervous about shooting. They've never done it before. Maybe they shot once 10 years ago or whatever. And by the end, they're all smiles. They love it. You know, the mentors are having fun. The mentors, of course, are members of San Diego County Gun Owners. And they come down and they teach people how to shoot. Give them a first-time shooting experience. They're, you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be a professional. It's just a matter of showing people how to use their firearm. And it was amazing, Alicia. I know that's part of part of your job is teaching new people and i know you know how rewarding it is absolutely you know i i don't know if you remember seeing me there but i've met her there as well oh did you yeah oh cool you did a great job thanks <laughs> memorable <laughs> we did. yeah very memorable huh? which one was it do you remember which was it at pwg it was yeah. okay so that was probably our guns and moses it was. okay cool mm-hmm. and this morning was guns and moses and uh it's just it's just really rewarding so this morning most of the people we had uh close to 20 people close to 20 students this morning, um, like ha- maybe a third of the students 
were older teenagers of people that had already gone through the program. So the parents went through the program, loved it, and then brought their kids. Passing down through the generations, love it. Yeah, it was very, very cool. So, uh, so yeah, it was, it was a great weekend, Dave. So you had a good crowd? Had a great crowd. Had a great crowd. So everybody, if you've ever taught somebody how to shoot, if you have any kind of familiarity with your firearm, if you really, really want to, if you want to get better at shooting even, um, sign up to be a mentor. You don't have to be. This is not professional instruction. You're just giving somebody a first-time shooting experience. We line up the students. We handle all the logistics. All you do is show up with your 9mm and your eye and ear protection. Alicia, we made it pretty easy, didn't we, to mentor? Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, you got a shirt. You got a free shirt. Exactly. It's worth the free shirt. So we'll, uh, we'll get you all hooked up. You'll have a lot of fun. We do all the hard part. You just do the fun part. And uh, just go to our website, uh, whether you're in Inland Empire, Orange, or San Diego, go to the volunteer section of our website and you can sign up too. Because you do sh- shooting socials all over the place. So yeah. to find the one closest to you, where's the best place to go? If you're in San Diego, go to the San Diego website. If you're in Orange, go to Orange. If you're in, okay. if you're in Riverside or San Bernardino, go to the Inland Empire. Put your zip code in. and No, nope, just go to the you just go to the volunteer section. It lists all the shooting socials we okay. do. Right. tells you exactly where it is. Locations. Yeah. We do three in San Diego. One's at the Gun Range San Diego. One's at Poway. And one's at uh, Discount Gun Mart. Um, and then we do them all over Orange, do them all over Riverside and San Bernardino. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So uh, everybody wants to know about SB 918. Have you heard of SB 918 yet, Alicia? Yes. You know which one that one is? That's the, so they're, It's the one where they're heavily restricting uh, where CCW oh, holders can yes. carry. Heavily restricting. I, have, I haven't seen panic like this in six, seven years. Um, and, you know, there's reason to be concerned. It's a really bad bill. It essentially makes so many places prohibited to carry that there's no place left to carry um so it essentially even if you have a ccw there's gonna be almost nowhere you can really legally carry um we give a bunch of examples of that like uh, you know like any place that ha- provides any kind of medical services you know that includes dentists or chiropractors or physical therapists that sort of thing ophthalmologists um you know uh, so it, it's really, really restrictive. Plus, it, it doubles the the minimum requirement from eight hours to sixteen hours for for a CCW class, um, and it's a couple other things. It, it is bad. It's really bad. It's going to really mess up CCW unless we, of course, fight it, get the injunction, over over overturn it. But it's not a reason to panic, folks. It's not a reason to panic. You know, I'm seeing people that have been around for years. This is just how it is in California. We got to keep fighting. We got to keep fighting back. Uh, I, I think we're going to win more than we're going to lose from here on out, especially with the Bruin decision. Will you let us know when it's time to panic? <laughs> I'll let you know when it's time to panic. Okay. We'll rely on you. I, if it's time to panic, I'll call you from Arizona and let you know. To oh, go ahead. you can't go to Arizona. <laughs> it's too hot in Arizona for you. It's not a time to panic. No. It really isn't. There, we are so we are far more organized than we've ever been. We're far better funded than we've ever been. Uh, we have this Bruin decision, which we never had before. Uh, we have to continue to fund the organizations that do lawsuits, that get people elected, you know, and that's, you know, all, all the RPAC, San Diego County Gun Owners, Orange County Gun Owners, Inland Empire Gun Owners. That's Gun Owners of California, Gun Owners of America, NRA, CRPA, and especially Firearms Policy Coalition. You know, we're real big fans of Firearms Policy Coalition. Um, you know, it, 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 get in the fight. Send them a check. Give us your time. Um, it is not time to panic, but if, uh, so it's probably SB 918 will like, if it passes, it'll pass within the next two weeks. 
Um, it'll pay, it'll be effective immediately. It looks like most likely, you know, a lot of these bills, once they're passed, they don't actually go into effect until January 1st. Um, this one they're, they're trying to set it up so that it's in effect immediately. Um, and then, you know, there are a bunch of attorneys lined up waiting to get an injunction and then it's going to go through the court process. Um, and then I think we're going to win. I think that there are probably pieces of this thing that might stand. I think they, they, we, we might end up with having to take, um, uh, two days, two eight-hour courses for to get your CCW. It's already required in Orange County. Orange County, you guys are already used to taking 16 hours. Um, I don't think they're going to find that unconstitutional. Um, but the idea, the overall idea of making every place a sensitive place, is it's not going to stand. It just isn't going to stand, everybody. It's, this is what we've been fighting for. This is why we have a case like Bruin. It's why we have activist organizations like San Diego County Governor. So... So no panicking, Dave. It's a nope, no, I'm waiting for you, brother. It's a no panic zone, everybody. I like that. But when people ask, well, hey, what do you do? Well, first off, honestly, I think I think in general, gun folks should pay a little less attention to, to bills. It, yeah. lot, there's nothing you can do. You can learn every single nuance in and out of every bill. They change throughout the right. session. And it's, it doesn't have a positive effect on anything. No. Take that time and energy that you put into reading all these bills and go to a city council meeting or volunteer. Come talk to, you know, volunteer at the, uh, you know, at our tabletops mm-hmm. at our shooting schools. Do something effective. Exactly. Effective accident, a- accidents. Effective activism. That's what we're good at. And don't panic. Right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The Answer. Folks, welcome back to Gun Hunters Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Michael. Keeping freedom alive for the next generation, Cheryl Todd from Gun Freedom Radio is joining us next. All right, but hey, if you have legal matters that involve firearms and you need to call California firearms lawyer John Dillon. If you have questions about red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation, or maybe you need to know that your guns are California compliant. Call our trusted firearms attorney, John Dillon. John Dillon specializes in California gun laws. Call 760-642-7150, or you can visit his website at dillonlawgp.com. All right, our next guest is from Gun Freedom Radio. Cheryl Todd, how are you? I am great and even better because you have invited me to join you on Gun Owners Radio. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, ma'am. It's a pleasure. It's an honor having you here. So tell everybody about Gun Freedom Radio. Well, I love that you are pronouncing it correctly, right? Because it is emphasis on Gun Freedom Radio. (laughs) And you got it just right. Um, So it is an interview-based podcast. Mm -hmm. We started several years ago on terrestrial radio, and through the years we've gone through several iterations, and now we're self-published. We are a podcast style, and we are interview-based. We uh, have each show features one particular guest, and we always have a, a tremendous uh, lineup. Um, I'm sitting here looking at Dr. John Lott's page as I'm speaking, Alan Gottlieb, 
uh, lots of, of wonderful people who have come on. Those are big names. Mm-hmm. Right, to be our, um, our experts in a particular area, mm. right? Like, you know, John Lott, I was joking with him last time I had him on, that we wanted to ask him about, you know, where's the best place to conceal carry? And he just kind of... You know, he just laughed. He's like, yeah, that's not my thing. And, you know, that's the point is, you know, we have people on to talk specifically about their area so that it is a rich library of information that we're building. And um, it's truly a blessing. My husband and I are co-hosts. We've been doing it for, gosh, I don't even know now, seven years or so. Mm. And um, it's... It really it just kind of started because we got tired of, of hearing, uh, really, we started uh, not long after Obama became president, and we got tired of hearing him and all of the parrots on the news media, in air quotes, um, really define us incorrectly. Yeah. And we wanted to tell our own story. I know that feeling. You know, that was somebody asked me uh during the Trump administration, they asked what I, how I thought about Trump. And I said, you know what I like about Trump? I like the fact that if anything goes wrong, he doesn't go on, uh, you know, public TV, national TV, and, and blame it on me. You know, he doesn't blame it on me, the gun owner. Whereas mm-hmm. under Obama especially, you know, any kind of tragedy was, was dumped in my lap. You know, I'm a sane, trained, law-abiding gun owner. I'm a pillar of society. I'm a really yeah. great guy. Ask anybody. And, right. and but not you, according, know, you notice studio, all the right? quietness. Did you see how quiet it got in the studio? <laughs> but but according to Obama, the, all the you know all these tragedies were my fault. Right. He laid them at my feet. Well, and, this administration too, and this administration too. And I that's so. What you're saying is you know uh, defining yourself and and not letting them. Uh, you know, define who we are. I, I can totally relate to that. I can totally relate. I'm so glad you did uh, start your show, Cheryl. Where are you based at? We are in, um, you might as well say Phoenix, Phoenix, Arizona. I heard you guys saying something about Arizona just before the break. Um, A little bit west of Phoenix in a town called Avondale. So if you're on your way on the 10 to California to see you guys, Mm -hmm. we're right there. Try doing a gun show in California. You talk about bobbing and weaving and tap dancing, Uh, let me tell you. Well, I got to tell you, you know, Arizona, you guys are, I mean, you have a senator who is the head of an anti-gun organization, right? I don't know how that happened because you know our elections are super secure and everything. So, <sighs> well, that's clearly the only thing. Arizonans wanted Mark Kelly, uh, husband of Gabby Giffords, who head up the Giffords organization, anti-gun organization. Surely we really wanted that guy, but whatever. Move on. <laughs> well, but well, I guess what I'm saying, and and you know the the uh, in the presidential election. Arizona, you guys went for Biden, the majority. I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's not, it's not uh, you know, the land of milk and honey for gun owners that, that it was 10 years ago. You know, re- regardless of, of, you know, irregularities. So what you're saying is she hasn't got it any better than we do. I don't think so. What do you, well, I don't know. I guess I'm not really making the statement I'm asking. Do you, do you guys uh, have it a whole lot better than California or do you guys fight just as hard? Well, you always have to fight because our founding fathers made us one promise, and that was that it would take eternal vigilance in order to protect and preserve what they fought, led, starved, and died to secure for us. So the fight is always there. It doesn't matter what state you're in. 
Um, Arizona, um, I think it's Guns and Ammo magazine, for several, several years in a row, we were number one, and we slipped to, I don't know, not number one, just because Mark Kelly was elected yeah. in the last election. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't truly believe that that is the... I don't believe that people were thinking gun rights when they elected a Mark Kelly. And I don't believe that that is at the heart of uh, most people in the state of Arizona. And we have a huge influx of people from your state, from Washington, from Oregon, from a lot of places where your property values have spiked up and ours have gone up, but not as much. And so people are, are seeing an opportunity to buy property in a different state, being Arizona. And I'm not saying that they might not bring their voting records and their values with them. Um, Well, well, I think the people leaving California are voting the way you want them to. That's why they left California. Do do you see it? I don't think there are a lot of, I'm kind of guessing. I know a lot of the, I wish there are hundreds, if not thousands of pro-gun folks that I wish hadn't, you know, headed east. Um, You know, I wish they were still here voting. Um, are you seeing a lot of you know, I, you know people that are either either anti or ambivalent when it comes to the Second Amendment? Are you seeing a lot of those folks leaving California and coming to Arizona? So, and it's not always just about guns, and so that's the tricky part. Yeah, is they might come as a, a gun-toting, gun-loving person and love that Arizona has stayed so free with our gun rights, mm-hmm. and that is in huge part to the Arizona Citizens Defense League. Um, of which I'm the vice president of. Nice. But the, the work that we've been doing, we are the watchmen on the wall and the guard dogs in the legislature every year. So they might be coming over and, and liking that, but then they might have these other social issues that cause them to lean and vote more socially liberal. And so it's really a mixed bag. It's rare when you find somebody that is a one-issue, major-issue voter understanding how important their their firearms rights, their gun rights, their Second Amendment rights are, and and voting accordingly. Um, I agree that's there. One of it's the messages that I get out there. Really, mm-hmm. truly, that one of the main purposes, uh, or one of the the reason that San Diego County gun owners and Orange County Gunners, Inland Empire Gunners, exists is because the gun vote, you know, um, Mm -hmm. it was always someone's third or fourth or fifth priority. Mm -hmm. You know, they'd vote Mm -hmm. for whatever the, the, uh, you know, political issue du jour was, you know, Mm -hmm. that's what was important. It was never guns. It was always, you know, way down the list, which, so the reason we put these organizations together is to push that priority up up the uh, you know the priority list. I totally agree with it, and I have seen exactly what you're saying. What about your other senator? Do you have an, you have another senator who I, I would say is uh, kind of you can kind of mo- they're they're are they are, is she adversarial towards gun rights? Is she supportive or is she just kind of neutral? So she is a little bit of a conundrum because she doesn't always strictly vote her party line, right? So mm-hmm. she's Democrat as well. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of the people that uh, that I work with in the legislature, uh, they like her. They have worked well with her. They are they, they rarely will say a negative word about her. Um, 
she's never going to run out front and and wave our our two a flag. Right. But I think she she has a greater respect for the Constitution. I think she's a little more maybe independent minded, like a, a libertarian maybe minded than she is strictly liberal Democrat. And so we do appreciate her uh, on several issues. And I'd, I'd have 10 of her over one Mark Kelly, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, but we would prefer, of course, um, you know, somebody that's not just got a, an R, you know, emblazoned on their chest with their their cape waving behind them, you know, Mr. GOP or Mrs. GOP, but somebody who truly is a constitutionalist. I could care wh- less whatever letter you ascribe to. D-R-L-I, I could care less. You respect the Constitution, the state Constitution, as well as the federal. You vote accordingly. You support and represent your constituency in that way. I'll vote for you all day long. I it, it do. You know, we have, I have like our in- endorsement questionnaires and our endorsement process, we don't even ask if you're a Republican or a Democrat. We don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, right. it, it's completely meaningless. Neither party really stands for anything. Um, they, they're just trying to get uh, elected. So, uh, you know, I don't know if that's an insult or not an insult, but it's a reality. Um, you know, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm just describing the, uh, you know, the, uh, the the field that I've, that I got, that I got to play on, you know? So, uh well, exactly. And right now, everybody's predicting this red wave, right? This, yeah. this Republican wave. Okay, fine, whatever. I Again, like you said, it's not about whatever letter you are telling me with your mouth that you are ascribed to. It's your values, and it's your actions. And I think that this red wave, in air quotes, is going to give a lot of people a chance to sneak in there you know, a lot of wolves in sheep's clothing because we're just looking for an R, right? <laughs> right. Oh, believe me, I have. We 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 could do a whole we could do a whole second hour on uh, you know uh, wolves and sheep in, in wolves and Republican clothing. Let's <laughs> right. let's let's say that. Well, I think what you're doing is awesome. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. What we're going to do is we're going to uh, we're going to come back. We're going to go on a short break, and we're going to come back and do a whole other segment with you, and we're going to talk uh, a little bit more about uh, you and your show. Thank you. All right, folks, you're listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Well, when you're looking for jewelry or fine watches, you need to go to San Diego top jeweler, Leo Hamill. Conveniently located in the heart of San Diego, you can visit Leo's showroom on San Diego Avenue to see the hand-picked line of new jewelry and watches. When you buy from Leo Hamill, not only do you get the best deal, you are also supporting the Second Amendment. Support the companies that support the 2A. Visit them online at leohamels.com. Or you can visit one of his showrooms and always get awesome service at Leo's. For gifts that last a lifetime, for you or for a loved one, visit Leo at leohamels.com. 
All right, we're talking to Cheryl Todd of Gun Freedom Radio, and we're talking all all kinds of, of uh, interesting stuff. One of our uh, co-hosts here, Cheryl, is Action Jackson, and Action Jackson, at the ripe old age of nine, is a competitive shooter, and he shoots uh, he shoots a Glock, and he's really really good. And he's got a question for. Her. I was wondering if he if he could ask you a quick question. Uh, what's your favorite gun? Good so question. Good question. How the heck? It's like asking me which is my favorite grandchild. And that's the same answer we get every time he asks that question. Yeah. How the heck do I pick one? Um, I, I really couldn't. I couldn't say. But uh, the one that I know how to safely use, the one that I'm well trained on, that I can use best for whether I'm using it for self-defense, whether I'm using it for uh, hunting. I have never competed. I would love to compete at some point, and I so applaud you at the ripe old age of nine that you have dedicated yourself to something that is you are growing skills through competition shooting that are going to serve you in so many areas of your life as you grow up and engage in the world. I just really applaud you. And I'm sorry I don't have a better answer. He's already more mature than Dave. Oh, I could have told you that. Are you kidding? Well, what's which what's your carry gun? How about that? What's your everyday carry gun? So I have um, the three sixty five, the mm. nine millimeter three sixty five, and I actually have three different versions of it. So I should have probably said that's my favorite, but but it really isn't. I have several. My husband and I had a, a gun shop for many years, and so I, I had an opportunity to, you know, really just kind of pick and choose and and take what I like the best. Um, have a couple of FNs, nine millimeter, um, but yeah, the three sixty five is a real good size for for me personally. Just you know? rubbing all it in. You we, can, none of these can we own in California. Yeah, but you know, you could really see her coming down the street. What does she say? Three, four <laughs> CCWs. <laughs> she probably looks like you know Clint Eastwood. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I have this saying that uh, polka dots are my camo because, uh, I, you know. <laughs> I dress very feminine, and I have lots and lots of polka dot dresses, and, you know, it is quite um, easy and comfortable to conceal. I'm the same uh, way. I'm the same yeah, way. Yeah, I know. He wears yeah. polka dots all the time. By the way, be careful what you, when you talk to California gun shows. You can hurt our feelings when you start <laughs> talking about guns we've never even seen or heard of. Because we have this ridiculous <laughs> roster out here. So let me ask you, what's what's the uh, what's the goal of the show? What do you if What do you hope to accomplish with uh, Gun Freedom Radio. Every every show that you do, um, you know, what's the hope? We want to engage, right? We want people's minds engaged. Even if you're disagreeing with us, that means that you are chewing on the ideas that we're talking about, right? We want to inspire. We want you to feel motivated to do something new and different um, about just even to learn something new. Uh, definitely if it causes you to become active and then therefore maybe an activist or an advocate, right, of of your values. Um, And uh, really that's that's the thing, uh, to engage, inspire, uh, to educate for sure. Um, We want people to learn something new in every single show. Um, So that's, that's really the goal. And it's because especially when we began, I was so new at, at articulating what I believed. I knew what I believed, 
but to articulate it to another person in such a way that I was a good advocate of my values. Right. Uh, yeah. You want to be able to give the right message. Alicia, you were over there. You look like you had a question. Shall I have a, uh, just a quick question for you. Mm-hmm. What would be the most memorable guest in recent history that you, that you feel has been able to kind of motivate and give that information that you'd like to share? Well, I love that question. Thank you for that. And it's actually a local young lady who I met at our annual Second Amendment rally. We hold a rally on our our, um, Arizona State Capitol lawn every year. And she is actually the uh, second vice president of the Libertarian Party, something along those lines. Um, Her name is Lauren Snyder. And I met her, and like four days later, she uh, came in and helped testify on a particular bill uh, because she – I'm – state director of the D.C. Project, which are women dedicated to safeguarding our right to keep and bear arms. So she joined the D.C. Project. She showed up, never having testified before, testified like a rock star. And one of our legislators, Democrat legislator, decided to denigrate her Mm. on the floor and said, you know, basically, it was about concealed carry in public buildings, public spaces. And he said, uh, you know, if you're so afraid that you have to carry a gun in a public space in some of these, uh, um, what do they call them, uh, special spaces, I forget the phrase. Then sensitive? Should, uh, sensitive, yeah. thank you. Then you should just stay home. Oh, <laughs> geez. Did she unload on him? She, she was so beautifully controlled, but she's standing there having walked to the podium with her cane and held up her cane and said, I am other abled and I don't have the liberty of just running away. And um, she just did such a beautiful job. I, I was a little afraid that she was going to unload because I'm like, <laughs> okay, we've got to, we, you know, have to keep our professional hats on here. And she just did a, a beautiful job. And she's not anybody famous. She's not anybody that's trained in, you know, being a public speaker. And to me, those are some of the most powerful stories because she is any woman. And um, so we we started booking her on all the different two A related podcasts and radio shows, and she just kept on showing up and kept telling her story, and it was so powerful. I was, I'm just so proud of her. And, um, she's awesome. going to be one of our speakers at a, at our annual meeting for the AZCDL this year. That's awesome. How, right. Now, how did you personally get a wire guns important to you? Well, I mean, if we if we can't protect our one and only God given life, then uh, with whatever tool we think is the most um, effective sure. for us then I'm not quite sure what we're doing with our lives. But how did you come um, to that conclusion? Like, what was going on in your life that you came to that conclusion? I, I've just always been raised in a, a household that that had that mindset, you know, that uh, we value other people's um, lives as well as our own. And, um, you know, we understand where our property lines are, um, figuratively speaking and, and literally speaking. And uh, it, it was never like a big revelation. It just kind of always was who we were. And then the man I married, um, he had owned a 
his name is Danny. I've mentioned him a couple times. His name is Danny. Mm-hmm. We've been married 37 years. We've been in business together, doing something all those years. Um, he had owned a gun store before we even met. And so throughout the course of our marriage, it, we ended up having a, a gun store um, as one of our uh, businesses. We also have an auction house. Oh, wow. And um, so then, you know, just serving other people in that way is inspiring. And it helped renew that that spirit in us every single day, talking to people who, whether it was for competition or just fun or family hunting trips or personal home protection, uh, it just keeps that spirit alive. And, and now, what, know, that, were you into... Were you uh, into guns before you met Danny? Not like into guns. I don't even think I would say I'm into guns now. I am into my constitutional rights and mm. and teaching about them right. and inspiring others. Um, the tool right. is just a tool, right? right? But I certainly know more about uh, the tools than I did when I was you know Whoa. young and growing up, and they were just kind of in the house, right. you know. Well, that's awesome. What uh, uh, what do you think the country's going to look like now that we have the Bruin decision? Well, you know, initially we we think I think we all thought, oh, this is going to be wonderful, and then we watched what New York immediately did, right, where they started making it even harder than it was before Bruin um, to to have a firearm in in certain places. So it's. It's going to take a while before it's better again. I think it's going to be worse before it's better again. But overall, it is the right decision. And I think maybe the more that that gets normalized and people understand what what that decision was about, and they're not going to get it on their own. That's going to take people like you messaging, people like me messaging, to help people understand that a decision like Bruin the other side wants to say that we took rights away from them somehow. <laughs> I know. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. No. No, we're reclaiming rights that were enshrined already in our founding documents. And so we've got to start moving that line back in that direction. And Bruin took us a big leap that way. But, you know, as I said, places like New York, they just love their tyranny, I guess. So, How, how could you um, take away their rights when in their their rights i mean they they have just as much of a right to uh, uh not own a gun as yeah to as to own a gun. a gun hello i know crazy well and that's the, the, the i've heard it explained that one of the reasons it's really really hard everyone relates to the term liberty everybody values liberty but it's really really hard to make a an argument or a uh, you know a point based on liberty because liberty kind of, because it means everything, ends up meaning nothing. So you and I want the liberty to be able to go outside and carry a firearm for protection. They want the liberty to go outside and not have you out there with a firearm being carried for protection. So it's mm-hmm. it's kind of this it's it's kind of this catch all that ends up it doesn't really mean anything. So it's really really difficult to relate to somebody uh, using a, a a foundation of liberty. I'm sure that I'm sure, I think that's probably what you're describing where they're. They think they've 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 lost the right to live in a world without guns. Anyway. I, I think you summed that up beautifully. Well, awesome! That first time ever. Uh, so, <laughs> how do people find you? Where do they where do they listen to your show? 
Uh, thank you so much for that. Gunfreedomradio.com, and we are on all the social media platforms under that name. Excellent job. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. All right, folks, don't touch that dial. Maria Giuliana is coming up next from USCCA. It's up next right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. Maria joined the firearms industry 19 years ago when she realized she needed to be her daughter's first line of defense as a single mother. Hey, do you ever wish cleaning your gun was easy? Yes. Well, clean, lube, and protect your gun, not in the sink with soap. Hey. With Seal One. Seal One CLP Plus is natural, non-toxic, and environmentally friendly. So you can clean your guns easier and faster. And you also smell pretty good, too. One and done with Seal One. Ask for it by name at your local gun shop, or you can go ahead and get it online. Seal1.com. That's seal, the number one, dot com. All right. Our next guest, Maria Giuliana, is the Mid-South District Manager for USCCA. If you haven't heard of USCCA, you got to check them out. I'm sure we're going to talk about them with Maria. How you doing, Maria? I'm good. How are you? I'm awesome. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, oh, so, thank you for having me. Yes, ma'am. Do you want to, uh, first off, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, uh, about USCCA? Yeah, I'd love to. So first, I want to just tell you how proud we are to be working with you at Gun Owners Radio. You know, right now is a time when people are seeking so much education and training more than ever um, in California, especially because people are taking their safety into their own hands. And it is incredibly important for us to work with you to make sure they know where to find that. So thank you so much for having me here. Well, thanks for being a sponsor, and thanks for coming on the show. So tell everybody, uh, I, I know all about USCCA. I was just talking to uh, Adam this morning. He's your, uh, one of the USCCA folks out here in San Diego. He's a great guy, and he works for a great company. Tell us about USCCA. Why, what should people know about USCCA? Yeah, great question. So the U.S. Concealed Carry Association is a membership organization nationwide, and it, it's kind of neat. We have over 670,000 members, but over 60,000 of those are in California right now. And those members are people just like you and the person standing in line next to you at the grocery store. It's, it's adults of all ages, all walks of life that all just have one thing in common, and that is that they want to be their family's first line of defense. Alicia's so a member. She just showed me her. She's, oh. Alicia just busted out her card. <laughs> yes, I am. Oh, my gosh, Alicia, you have your card with you. Everybody shows us I their do. cards. Thank you for being a member. How, uh, how long have you been a member? Ooh, I'd say about six years. Six years. Yeah. Wow, she's an alumni. She is an alumni. <laughs> so, yeah. Alicia, what's something that you enjoy about the USCCA? You know, I love the, um, the the training through the app. I'm an elite member, so I get some of those kudos of those extra training opportunities. But I love being able to have those at my fingertips whenever I need them. And yeah. you can, and you yeah. can do it online? Yeah. Yeah. You can, I, either online, they have a training academy, um, or there's an app. You can also do it through your phone. Mm-hmm. And you find that to be very helpful and informative? Yeah, absolutely. Because you're a trainer as is. I mean, I do. and you do it in person. So I was curious you know, how it would be to do it online. Because, you know, I, I mean, I'm not saying it could be bad, but it could be bad. 
No, I, you know, I actually look at it as an opportunity for me to learn new ways to to relay information. Sometimes it's just a matter maybe of maybe even assist your training. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And you yeah. don't have to drive anywhere. Wanna, no. One thing I want to add to that: a lot of people say that with the online thing, you know, how much can I really do online? I think what's really important is that we remember when you're using a nationally recognized training organization for online material, you know that you're not getting something off of a random website that your neighbor or, you know, I joke, John Rambo put together. You're getting something of value and something that's reputable that you can walk into knowing that it's going to help you to save your life. There's just so much misinformation online. So using that that trustworthy organization for online material is so incredibly important. There's not much difference between Alicia and John Rambo, though, in all fairness. I, mean, I know you <laughs> yeah, haven't met her, but... Uh, yeah, well, but if you do, be careful. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, women typically shoot better than men at the first time they shoot. And, and we joke and say it's because we listen more. I don't know if that's true or not, but they do shoot better. It is so true, I can't tell you. Very true. So what got you into shooting? How did you get into uh, to firearms? You said 19 years ago, so I'm assuming you have a 19 or 20-year-old daughter. I do, and it's kind of a funny story. So we grew up with no guns in the home that I knew about. My mom just wasn't into them. To this day, she's really not into guns at all. And my dad was military 23 years, so I didn't hang around people that grew up with guns, didn't have gun conversations, anything like that. And 19 years ago, I, I had my daughter. And it was just she and I, and that light bulb instantly went off in my mind that, Maria, you can't be selfish anymore. This isn't all about you anymore. Hmm. Uh, So as soon as that happened, it was like, all right, what what am I going to do to keep her safe at all times? And, you know, growing up not being around guns, but knowing they were available, I just didn't have an interest. But she became so important to me that I knew I would do whatever it took at all costs to save her and myself so I could continue saving her, I knew it was time to start learning. And so that's exactly what I did as I started seeking out classes and training. I became an instructor 12 years ago because it became a hobby and it became so much fun getting more and more confident over time. So I grew up with nothing and, and as soon as I had her, it just made sense that you've got to do everything in your power to protect this baby. Now now a 19-year-old. But yeah, that's amazing. What a beautiful story. Is she still that important to you or teenage years kind of faded? And You know, it goes back and forth, but I'm going to say yes overall. All right. Good. That, that's the right answer. That's what a good. thing to say. <laughs> That's awesome. So how did you, uh, what was your first step? What was your first, um, not your first step, but at what point, you know, did you uh, think, okay, you know what, I'm a part of a community now. I'm a part of a a subculture in America. You know, when, when was it clear that there was a kind of a gun owner subculture in America and you were a part of it? Yeah, so, uh, well, I won't go to the full story because it'll take forever, but I'll tell you, when I made this decision to be her protector, completely got you're cutting out just a little yeah, bit. Stand on one leg. There you go. Hold a, oh, some I aluminum foil. The right there side. you go. All right, start over. Start over. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Take my hat off here. Uh, so when I first started this journey, realizing that, that I needed to be her protector, I went to Google and I Googled what gun should I buy and where do I go to get a permit and you know how do I learn about it? And holy crap, we all know Google is so subjective, right? Mm. <laughs> Ask somebody what their favorite gun is. You'll get 50 million different answers and reasons why. Uh, But once I finally got into the education side of it and started learning, 
and realized I'm just like the next person. That's when it really sank in with me, I think. I realized that the gun culture and community isn't what we stereotypically think about it. It's just average everyday people that have that one thing in common. And that's honestly what kept me going and kept me working more and more on my training was I'm around people just like me. I'm just a normal everyday person. Uh, and, it, and it grew and grew because of how unique everyone was. That's really cool. That's awesome. And how did how did it how did the relationship with you how did you find USCCA? How long have you been affiliated with them? Yeah, another great question. So, for about 4 years ago, I actually started working with Delta Defense, the service provider for the USCCA, and I was standing outside of a range, kind of funny, standing outside of a range. I've been teaching 12 years now, and I was looking for the next step to that. You know, I've been teaching for a little bit. What's my next step? And I found this this job with Delta Defense as an account executive. So I started doing that, which was going to handgun permit classes and talking to these classes about the importance of education and training. Uh, and then from there, it just grew and grew, and, and I became the district manager for the Mid-South. So I, I can't tell you what an incredible organization that Delta Defense and an incredible membership the USCCA is, the people, the culture, you know, it's just all people of all different walks of life, of, of all backgrounds that come together for one reason, and, and that's to protect ourselves. And where that's are you looking? Where are you out of? I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. I was going to say, I thought I heard just a little bit of a little little accent there. Could a, little, a little twang. that bad, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> so how is you know, it? Funny enough. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, my dad's from New York, and my mom's from Arkansas, so... Think about that for a second. Jeez. <laughs> My brother lives in Huntington Beach, California. And once in a while, we'll call and they'll say, oh, I want to hear that Southern accent. And I thought, you have not heard Southern accent until you actually live here. <laughs> yeah, and he's got a California accent. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I grew up in, so I grew up in North Florida, which was basically lower Alabama. And, uh, and then I left for a couple of decades and went back and reconnected with some friends. And I, I didn't remember that they all had southern accents. So while I was a kid, I didn't realize I was surrounded by these southern accents. And then I didn't really notice it until I went back, you know, after living in other places. It's kind of funny. Don't but, we call uh, that Flabama? Flabama, yeah. Yeah, it's – well, technically, so the little town I was in, they refer to it as the Redneck Riviera. Because it's where all <laughs> Alabama and Georgia and Tennessee and everybody goes to, uh, uh, to vacation. John Rich has a whiskey out called that. Redneck Riviera? Yeah. Yeah, well. Just not throw that out there. Yeah, he's got a place here in Nashville called Redneck Riviera, yeah. actually. So everybody's moving to, to Tennessee. It, it's, it's, have, it's, have you been to Tennessee? I haven't been, but it's super friendly to guns, huh? It's just super I, friendly. Yeah. It's just super friendly. It's a great it's town. It's definitely a friendly place. It is. Absolutely. I and just, if you're a gun owner, you, you have a, you're, in a, you're in a safe place in, in Tennessee. You guys respect the Second Amendment out there? We do. We do. We, we try more and more to get a little bit more respect, but overall it is a, a pretty firearm-friendly place. Yeah, well, the Californians are coming, so be ready. <laughs> Have you noticed an influx yeah. of Californians? Oh, my gosh. We joke about that probably for the last two years. Every time you run into someone and say, where are you from? California is one of the first places that they say they're from. All you got to do is check the menu. When you start seeing sushi avocado toast and yogurt you know they're here you know they're here that's the truth or they asked to hold the cheese sauce 
<laughs> oh, that's right. You know, the, yeah, those guys are big on ten, on cheese sauces. Mm-hmm. You'd be in heaven. So we're gonna we're gonna go we're to gonna a keeper. Do, yeah, we're gonna keep her. All right. So don't go anywhere. Don't touch that dial. You're all listening to gun. See that, y'all? Y'all listen to Gun Owners Radio, FM ninety six one, AM eleven seventy. The answer. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. A lot of companies are so frustrated with their websites. Frustrated. That's what I said. Yeah. Frustrated. Frustrated, yeah. yeah frustrated. There's no R. Just frustrated. No, right? there's no R in there. Do you yeah, see an R in there? No. I like that. <laughs> oh, if I know that's going to bug you. <laughs> so. It, it frustrates me. It frustrates me. <laughs> Well, guess what? They don't <laughs> like their websites. It looks old. It's out of date, and it's very frustrating. Sage Tree gets it. Since 2005, Sage Tree has been helping companies with websites that look great, work great, and get leads. Stop being frustrated by your website and get one that you're proud to share. Contact Sage Tree today to get a website that makes that phone ring. Getting started is easy. Call 866-726-9100, 866-728-9100, and they'll fix your website today. All right, we're talking to Maria Juliana from USCCA. Maria, what frustrates you about the uh, current state of affairs when it comes to guns in, in the United States? Well, I think the most frustrating part right now is, you know, I'm following some of the bills that are currently up, and all of these different bans and regulations that are coming out, That gets so incredibly frustrating simply because I think it's fair to say we all agree that it's a person's natural born right to self-defense, but it's a constitutional right to use a firearm to do it, regardless of what type of tool, firearm we choose, you know, it's our right to do so. So all of these bans and regulations and and things are what really get me frustrated um, because I just can't understand the concept behind it because we're not regulating what, quote, the bad guy uses. Um, it, that's, that's probably my biggest frustration right now. Now, and USCCA is really, uh, first off, has been real successful in the last few years. They've, you guys have grown your membership and done all kinds of, of uh, marketing and done some really great things. Um, and that, I, I believe, if I'm telling the story correctly, has led to um, an interest in getting more involved politically. USCCA has announced that they're going to get more involved politically. Is there anything you can tell us about that? You know, that's something that people have been asking for a very long time is, when are you going to do this? Or what, what direction are you going to take on that? And 
I can tell you that collectively as an organization, uh, the USCCA Delta Defense is looking at a right opportunities to use this over 670,000 members to come together to see what we can hopefully change moving forward. As far as what exactly, I, I can't give you that just yet, Yeah. Uh, but that is a direction that, that we're trying to move towards, just doing it in the, you know, the best way that we can. Well, just your involvement with us out here in California is 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 appreciated, and it's an amazing, uh, you know, step into the the political world. And we can't tell you how much we appreciate it. You know, you guys bought a champagne table, uh, USCCA bought a champagne table at our uh, gun prom, and uh, I don't know if you've heard. Did you hear about? Do you know what gun prom is? Tell me, I know a little bit, but not a whole lot. Gun prom is so it's our second. It started out as just a Second Amendment celebration dinner. And a bunch of people got all dressed up, and we had a nice formal uh, uh, dinner. And it was the first time most of us had seen everybody out. We were no- normally we saw each other out on the range, right? So we're wearing you know range gear. Then we all you know hosed off in the backyard and put on some uh, fancy uh, some fancy uh, clothes. And boom, it got the nickname Gun Prom. So it's our oh, celebration. Isn't that great? So it's our celebration dinner. Uh, we just had one in June, and USCCA was a big sponsor. And, of course, you're a sponsor of the radio program here, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate you guys supporting politics in that way. You guys are making an amazing difference by, uh, uh, by supporting us, and uh, thank you so much for doing that. Oh, absolutely. We are so proud, so proud to be a sponsor for you guys. So you guys have a lot of stories about um, your customers who, I don't know, you call them customers, members, right? They're members. About uh, how you've helped members out. I see them online. I've seen some live uh, talks that you guys, you know, you brought in a a member who uh, you helped. Do you have a favorite story? Do you have a favorite member story? Oh, gosh, there are so many member stories. Um, I, I think, honestly, one of my favorites is B.J. Baldwin. Are you familiar with B.J. Baldwin? Out in Vegas? Yes, B.J. Baldwin, yeah. the, the race car and yeah. gun enthusiast. Yep. <laughs> Tell us about uh, that. So, yeah, B.J. wasn't a member at the time of his incident. He became a member after. Uh, but B.J. was out just like any of us could be any day of the week, out with his girlfriend. They went to the In-N-Out Burger. And as they were out there, I'm going to tie this in shorter than what I'd I'd like to go into, but while they were there, they were sitting in the parking lot in their truck, you know, eating what they had just gotten. And they had some guys approach them, and it was dark outside. So B.J. immediately goes into action in his mind. What am I going to do? How am I going to handle this? He sees these, these guys approaching him from a distance, and all he can see is that they have something in their hand that appeared to be uh, a gun. And as they got closer, he realized that's what it was. Um, so he starts whispering to his girlfriend and telling her, Tori, Tori, and she's saying, B.J., B.J. And as this happens, the guys end up trying to attack them and BJ has to make quick, sudden decisions. So he, he puts Tori down and he finds something to hide behind for cover. And ultimately BJ fires 10 rounds and the other guys fired eight and BJ hit his target with all 10 to stop this threat. And the other eight that those guys fired hit nothing. Um, the best part about this story is after the fact when BJ said, I wish I would have had the USCCA before this happened um, and then became a member, you know, right afterwards. But what I look at with that is when BJ stopped that threat, that wasn't by accident. 
that that wasn't an accident that he was able to do that. You know, he, he really studied and practiced on what it would take if that were to happen. Not just, like I said, with my daughter, it's not just about me anymore. Now we're working on protecting other people. Holy crap. So it's, it's kind of a big deal, but um, that's one of my favorites. And you can, you can find that story in full detail and see all of the details of it. And it really is pretty remarkable how he was able to, to stop this and save him and his girlfriend, Tori. I think if I were BJ, I would have given the gun to Tori. I've seen her shoot, and I... <clears throat> <laughs> it's something about women. I know the it's, women are always better. She's a much better shooter than I am. I don't know about BJ, but she's a much better shooter than I am. Her, her, the, uh, Tori is a uh, competitive shooter. She's well, been a competitive sounds shooter. sounds like me. BJ did just <laughs> He did just fine, I guess. Yeah. So you're... He from her, maybe. He, yeah, he didn't waste any ammo. So you're pretty involved in getting women to shoot as well, right? Don't, don't you? Aren't you a? Uh, don't you uh, lead a, a women's or a ladies' uh, uh, shooting group? I do. I do. Uh, out here in the Nashville area, we do a, a ladies' group twice a month, uh, and that group consists of a free class for an hour. We do different topics each month, and then we go on to the range for an hour after that. Hmm. Uh, and the best part is it's all women of all ages of all skill levels. We just did an AR-15 class, this last one. Uh, it's coming up again this Tuesday. So it's introducing women to all types of different topics around firearms so that they can get more comfortable in a group of people just like them. That's awesome. I'll bet you that's very rewarding and fun. Oh, it's incredibly rewarding. Well, very, we, very much Well, so. we do something like that out here with Not Me SD. Yeah, we have a, a, a women's program. Right, and we help women uh, learn to shoot, get ammo, get a gun. Yeah. And yeah. we don't and we don't charge, and we, we've done over, what, 600? Closing in on 600. 600. We, we assign them to a uh, an ambassador who's a trained volunteer, and she helps her, uh, again, buy a gun, get training, get a CCW. Those are right. the three things. Um, and it's hands-on. It's not just information no, 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 no. on a website. We're very, very proud of our program. It's and the majority hands-on. of the ladies that take the class end up being ambassadors. A lot of them do, yeah. And that's the cool part. Yeah, it's it very, t- very It's cool. like a fraternity. I, I think the, so great. The, the face of, of gun ownership is changing drastically in this country, I think wouldn't so. you say? It, it is. In fact, uh, the National Shooting Sports Foundation did a survey for 2021 in over 33% of new gun buyers were female. And wow. when you think about that, that's one in three. That's crazy. One in three women purchasing at the counter, you know, or one in three people were women. It's it's pretty, pretty awesome. I mean, I All have right. to say. Hey, you're going to have to come out to our gun prom and you that's don't, right. and you don't have to wear a prom dress. Oh, I'm wearing a prom dress if I come. Uh, wear a tiara, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to okay. wear a tiara. That's what Michael does. Yeah. Hey, it was it. awesome chatting with you. Uh, we look forward to talking to you down the road. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Hey, folks, don't go anywhere. The star is coming up next. Mary Davis. Transparency in government. Boy, this ought to be a good interview. On Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The Answer. Hey, welcome back. You are listening to FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, did you know we have a world-class flight training school right here in San Diego? Pilots can fly almost every single day. We're close to the ocean, the desert, the mountains, the international border. That's why San Diego is one of the best places to learn 
how to fly in the world. Learn to fly in San Diego right at Montgomery Field. Getting started is super easy. Call 858-569-1822. Learn to fly with SDFTI. You can call them today at 858-569-1822. So, Dave, we have a really cool guest in the studio. I know. Even yeah. if it is 86. 86 degrees in the studio? Yeah. yeah it's it's at least 86 degrees at least. in the studio. We got well, Davis. eventually we'll uh, find the technology to cool the room down, yeah. I'm sure. It's called a write a check. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Davis, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. I'm pleased to be here. I'm a, I consider myself an accidental activist. An accidental activist. An accidental activist. What was the accident? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's that little thing called COVID. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I started out uh, when I uh, I saw things that just didn't really make sense. And at first, you know, we'll admit COVID was a little scary. Like we kind of didn't know where we were going. And I, and I attend church, and so then they told us, well, okay, you can't go to church, but you can buy liquor and a lotto ticket. I kind of scratched my head. Oh, and, and you could go to a topless bar. Oh, and then yeah, it was, you that. can't sing in church, but you can get a lap dance when the strippers won their ah, suit, right? And, right. I, and, and then really where they lost me was when the businesses started to open, maybe, what, six months into it, and they said, oh, oh, no, a hot dog does not count as a as a." a meal at a bar, but it's good enough for your kid in school. And at that point I said, enough. I'm done. So I started researching groups and uh, I'm with, I work with reopen San Diego and I got very involved with them. Amy Reichart, right? Amy Reichart, fourth yeah. district going Yeehaw. to support her. Yeah. Endorsed a, by San Diego County gun owners. She's a dynamo and she is the real deal. And that's why I really got involved because she's very authentic and from the heart and she doesn't do anything or ask anything that she is not willing to do herself. True. So I'm a, I'm a big supporter, but then as, uh, so I started getting involved in going to the board of supervisors meeting and, uh, cause they kind of control the purse strings for the County. And as a federal dollars come flow and and i just saw a lot of things there that were very uh, inconsistent mm. and, uh, yeah and that's you're putting so it. polite <laughs> my husband's the other half of it <laughs> but anyway so well, they, uh, they, they control the purse strings but they also the health department absolutely. which is why they had so much power during covid that's exactly right they had the power of, of controlling our life and um and then I just saw inconsistencies. And so the more I go every time, the more I see. And at first I will be the person that I was like, tyrant, auto bodily autonomy. And, you know, it's all on deaf ears. And then you got to kind of be strategic and know where to hit and, and everything. And so that's where I was going with that. And How long um, have you been doing that? Uh, I crept into it. Um, my, and that's another thing, So about too. three years, probably. No, not even. I mean, because my mom was ill, and then she um, ended up uh, passing away. And mm -hmm. so now I pretty much devote myself full-time to this. But um, I... <laughs> yeah. He doesn't get to eat anymore. Yeah, it's frozen own, food for has him. Has to do his own laundry. Yeah. Anyway, so... so we, well, let's talk a little bit about your background. So what... How much involvement in... You know, politically, how would you have described yourself, you know, before this happened? I... I've always voted. I think it's mm -hmm. very important. And I will, I was a self professed Democrat at the when I was young. Mm -hmm. And then as I got older and I saw things like, uh, 
like confiscation of property and rights and wanting to shift things. Um, like, for example, when I was young, I always voted, oh, a bond? Yeah, very good. And then once you realize that somebody is actually paying for that bond, <laughs> and a lot of renters kind of delude themselves because they think, oh, well, it won't affect, I don't pay property taxes. Well, you're, what do you think your rent goes to? That rent increase that is coming your way is directly in part driven by a, a property tax increase. So whether you rent or own, you are going to be paying the price for that. Wow. And so, I mean, what was your level of involvement? Did you ever help out in a campaign? Did you go to a, were you, you were a Republican though? Uh, I, then I shifted to be, become a Republican. And so, there, did you ever go to a Republican Party meeting or anything? Like how, you were, you were, sounds like you were totally uninvolved in politics. The, my closest involvement was, and this is probably where I got my love of politics and, and things, was I got extra credit. So teachers pay attention. I had an extra um, credit when I was, assignment when I was 17. And my friend and I, Lynn Hansen, went down to Fashion Valley in probably 1979 and saw Ronald Reagan speak. And so that kind of was interested. And wow. then um, a college professor gave us extra credit to go down to election night to Golden Hall. And, um, and so from that, I was really interested. So that's why I voted. I followed politics. But I never really had okay. a reason. So, so that changes everything. You were very ingrained in the process then, it sounds like. I was no, educated on the process, but I never got <laughs> yeah. involved. That's, well, that's awesome that you, that you did, that you stood up. Something, was, something so big as COVID. You know, it, it really, truly... I truly believe that that everything that happened with COVID was, and we I talked about this at, at our at the not the last gun prom the gun prom prior. Um, even though we're a Second Amendment organization, I, I had to say something because it was on everybody's mind. I was having so many conversations about it, and I truly believe that that everything that happened in COVID it was the biggest thing in our generation. It was probably the biggest thing to happen since World War II, since the attack on Pearl Harbor. I think it was bigger than 9-11. I think it was bigger than Vietnam. I think it was the biggest thing that happened since World War II. When you look at how much it changed things. It how much still it, is. It's still changing things. It still has changed no, things. I mean, it hasn't gone away. The effect of, of what happened, and it was all, um, these were all decisions that were made. The things, you know, the changes that I'm talking about were all decisions that were made. Right. You know? And that's my issue. Whenever people will say, oh, COVID, COVID. I'm like, no, let's be very clear. It was not COVID. It was the government's response to COVID. Right. So let's clearly put um, blame and responsibility where it lies, because there were many options. And you can look at Florida and California and uh, freedoms and, and businesses. And a big issue right now, another motivator for me is uh, kids and where mm. California is headed and taking control of our mm -hmm. kids and forcing indoctrination and and education on them. And I kind of have this joke that the more, if you're not familiar with SEL, social emotional learning, it's how they're kind of like bringing in uh, it's things that I don't think should be taught in school. And they use it as the leverage and the fulcrum point to get these things into school. And the irony is the more social and edu uh, SEL that's being taught in schools, the worse the mental health and emotional right. well-being of our kids seem to go. So, I mean, if you look at even guns and kids, I mean, there were t people that would go to school with a rifle and they would have gun training, at, you know, in the 40s and 50s. And now it's like they've gotten to be so imprinted with fear mm -hmm. that, uh, and that's my biggest thing is that COVID was another opportunity that we imprinted our kids with fear. Do you think parents are going to fall in line for masking again? You know? Absolutely not. I follow LA and they had a big revolt uh, 
Ferrer up there. They're, I think she's a version of Wilma Wooten, but um, she was this close to imposing a mask mandate, and mm-hmm. it was very interesting to see the they resi- got activated and motivated, and those mama bears yeah. do not want to mess. Even in L.A., the mama bears are fierce. Right. Well, mama bears are everywhere. Yep. You know, you poke one, you poke them all. Yeah, so I, 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 agree, I agree with you. I just don't think, you know, it's shame on on me the first time, shame on you the second time. Absolutely right. Because so- we didn't know in the beginning. So everybody had to trust the CDC. And the, and, and look at Walensky. She comes right out and says, yeah, we sure screwed that up. Mm-hmm. But you well, still well, have a job. Well, it was the, you know, it's such an interesting, uh, people have very selective memories. It was the Trump administration who said, all right, this thing's serious. You know, meanwhile... Uh, we had Pelosi and Nathan Fletcher who were blowing this thing off, saying, ah, this is just, yeah. I, there's footage of Nathan Fletcher saying, hey, this is just some infection in Wuhan. This has nothing to do with California. Right. And he actually said, you know, everybody come down to, like, it was like Mira Mesa area and eat it, you know, at an Asian themed restaurant to support them. Meanwhile, there's the Trump administration that said, hey, look, we got to take this seriously, gave guidance to the states, said, you know, here's some suggestions, some things we're going to do for a temporary shutdown. However, don't shut these things down because they're they're necessary. And it was it was the Democrats who were pushing back, pushing back, pushing back. And then like a month later, it was the total opposite. They just right. flipped, flipped, you know. And it was the Trump administration saying, "All right, we need to start to kind of you know come out of this." And 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 uh, Democrats flipped out, you know. And uh, he said, "All right, fine. I'm pushing it all back on the states." And half the states opened up. And the other half, I don't not even half. Right. Most of the other states opened up. You know, a few of the uh, other states didn't. This whole thing was so ridiculous. I really, truly believe um, that this should be a litmus test. If you're an elected official and you're looking to get reelected this year, this this should be how you behaved during COVID um, should absolutely be a test on whether or not you get to keep your job. And I got to tell you, I think most failed. I think most most failed that test. It's easier to count the ones that passed. It's way easier. Way Absolutely. Easier. And, you know, voters have short memories. And even I now know. people will, you know, like my mother died needlessly alone in a, in a, in a nursing home. She'd been in the hospital just a few days before where I was allowed to stay with her 24-7. So it was a very subjective rule. I was yeah. already there gowned up. So... That you know, I, this voter doesn't forget, and I hope the rest of you will wake up and not forget either. I'm well, sorry we have to, hear to keep. About your yeah, loss. I am too, very much. So, how old was she? She was ninety-one. Yeah, but she had a good she was, life. She, she had a good life, and she was healthy, but she shouldn't have died alone. No, and, and I won't forget. And that's the key. That's, that's the key. Wow. So, how did you when you how did you find uh, reopen originally? How did all that happen? Probably just through a website search in the, in the media. And I saw people that were actually trying to do something about it. And, and again, calling out the double standards of why. And, and so I just kind of slowly, I was a lurker at first. And, and then I got more involved. And then I, uh, when they finally re-reopened uh, March 15th, which ironically was my mother's birthday. I thought that was a little hug from mm. heaven yeah. um, to go to my first meeting in person. And I spoke and I Every time I go, I just see more and more about how they take territory, and we can get into that in the next segment. When you, I do, I want to talk about that because cause when you said you went to a meeting and spoke, you went to a reform meeting or you went to a county uh, so board? The county board of supervisors. Yeah, meeting. so I want yeah. to talk about that because that's intimidating. It, it is intimidating, and I, I want everybody I, else to be brave. Yeah, but I want I want to go into that because I, you know, I, as part of the job, part of being an activist, we had to go to city council meetings. We had to, you know, all that stuff. It's very intimidating. Mm-hmm. You know what? This lady is really on top of it. I, I'll tell you what. No, you know what she said? What? 
Oh, well, when we come back and go to the next break. <laughs> She's watching the clock. I have never had a guest do that. <laughs> She's Usually directing. they'll just blail right on through and just keep talking. You're coming back. <laughs> right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1-1170. The Answer. All right, folks, welcome back. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. PRMI Mortgage. Just remember that. com alpine. If you're looking to buy, refi, or if you're just considering a reverse mortgage, call our local mortgage guy that you can trust. Call Chris Wiley at PRMI Mortgage. For nearly 25 years, Chris has been helping local San Diegans with all their mortgage needs. They make it easy. They work with a friendly expert team that will help you get the best deal on a mortgage. Call Chris Wiley at 619-722-1303 or just go to primeres.com slash alpine. All right, we got Mary Davis back with us, and she's got a great, great story. And, folks, you can learn a lot from this young lady. You can get involved and make a difference instead of Working in the garden, right? <laughs> Working in the garden. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things I like to say is, you know, you get the government you tolerate. So at the end, your action or inaction mm, that's a leads, t-shirt. To, I like leads that. to a legacy. And what will yours be? So uh, my big issue is I'm fighting for the kids and the next yeah. generation. And I go into the SEL. I touched on that. But the issue right now, what I see is the indoctrination <clears throat> and the shielding. They're trying to uh, cut off the past for youth to get engaged and involved with guns. A lot of people are afraid of guns only because they've never been around them or been exposed to them. So by cutting off this next generation for um, advertising to youth or encouraging them, they are doing the same thing. I call it social engineering as to what they did with the free youth pass. If you saw that, they gave public transit free to youth. They did it under the benevolence of climate change and equity. But what they're really doing is they're training up a new generation to get used to mass transit Mm -hmm. for the next pandemic that they can shut off the minute they choose to. Or once they get rid of all the gas cars, push us to electric, and we have no way to charge them up. Absolutely. So you got to get from point A to point B. They'll say, oh, I remember I used to ride the trolley. Mm -hmm. And one of my big issues is what I say, uh, increase... redundancy decreased dependency Mm -hmm. so we really need to get people conditioned back to self-sufficiency and uh, one of the uh, statistics that i had read on one of the they said at the board of supervisors meeting was that one out of three people in the county are on some type of government assistance Mm -hmm. and and not like medicare this is like they call it self-sufficiency but benefits and i thought they said it like it was a good thing instead of saying no we want that number as low as can be uh, pretty soon it'll be what one out of two. It's but not going to be what, sustainable. That's their goal. See, that's the problem, and we're not really paying attention to it. You know, we're just saying, like you said, oh well, that that sounds like a good thing, or oh, you're letting kids ride transit. Wow, how cool is that? Mm-hmm. But when you really dig down deep, you're absolutely correct. It's the worst thing ever. Absolutely. And so I just really want people to wake up and get involved and to to realize that you can make a difference. And um, I heard a really interesting uh, from Brian Dolly at the Republican uh, meeting a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about just even if the Christians alone would vote, how many of them there are and that they could have actually tipped the state Mm. if they would simply just get activated and vote. 
Boy, isn't that a tree well, shape? So what? Uh, okay, so we were talking about how you got involved. You found uh, reform, and they were having a. They went to. They all went to the uh, supervisor, county board of supervisors. Reopen San Diego, yes. And so they started going, and they're involved with the city of San Diego. But I just felt my calling was in the board of supervisors, and again, uh, the purse strings and the health decisions were really. And then the other big one, then people, the best agency you've never heard of is Sandag, which oh, is a regional yeah. conglomerate who is yeah. deciding our whole future. For, um, it's ridiculous. I, I don't understand. They should absolutely not. Sandag should not exist. Sandag is the County Board of Supervisors. Like, that's what the County Board of Supervisors <laughs> is supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Instead, they've basically abdicated all their power and responsibility to this ridiculous, seemingly corrupt organization, Sandag. It's completely gotten rid of. It's terrible. Sandag's so, horrible. Do they frown when you come in the door? Uh, I think they are. I don't know. Because that's a badge of honor. <laughs> that's a badge of honor. If they, oh, well, let's geez. talk. So you were saying you went to the meeting, and it's very intimidating, right? It's very intimidating the first time you're up there, and then, you know, you know they have cameras, and there's so five is of radio, them. And so out, is radio. And now right. look how good you are. Well, I have a little experience in radio, but that's a whole other story. I'm a retired police dispatcher. So I had a captive audience. I had to did not have to work, worry about ratings. But <laughs> the big joke was I always told him where to go. So. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, when you go to the meeting, I would say really go with a friend first and, you know, build up your courage. I type up speaker notes, but honestly, I find myself a little bit over-reliant. I actually do a little better when I, I wing it a little bit, maybe just more of an outline. Um, but when you're first starting, the, the showing up is 100%. I mean, just go and do it, and then you will start getting more and more courage each time you go. Now, what do you think? I've noticed that a lot of people who, who, are, who got passionate about COVID— um, you know, and got involved due to COVID um, are with the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. Why? Um, I they didn't do anything to help. Oh, you yeah. You know what I mean? When I say <laughs> Republican, I mean, and that's actually, I kind of consider myself um, somewhat of an independent or a moderate because yeah. I, I really feel like we need to hold everybody accountable. And I would be just as willing. In fact, one of the supervisors, one of the things I do is I read into the record because there's no accountability. If they leave early, they just get up. And unless you happen to see it on camera or you're there in the room. So when they leave and I speak after that, I will put into the record what time so-and-so left. But I do it for all both parties. So I, I think we need to be hold everybody accountable. I really consider myself more of um, like a populist uh, I, for the people. If you look at the county um, organizational chart, mm-hmm. the people are on top. But somehow our politicians have forgotten that or don't care. It's interesting. So what, what, what is the where are we at with with, uh, you know, with this in particular, with this, with, with COVID and the county, is, is it all over? Oh, it's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> I mean, because they don't want to let go of the emergency. I tell, I, every time I say, it's time to give back the keys to the COVID castle, <laughs> but, uh, but they, they don't because, of course, the ARPA and the, the, that's the American Relief Plan Act. And they make the, a lot of money. They make a it. lot of money. They just spent 1.1, 1. 1, the last meeting, August yeah. 16th, they um, did one point, almost 1.1 1. 1, uh, million for uh, vaccination encouragement mm-hmm. uh, for kids, and they're coming after the kids and the the least the demographic least susceptible to COVID. It's just insane. So now so, it's monkeypox. So yeah, do you, now do you think uh, how big of an issue is COVID and what happened during COVID in in this November election uh, that you've noticed? Uh, I think COVID is starting to. 
um, fade because it's unsustainable. I mean, as the, the virus attenuates, it becomes more transmissible, less lethal. And even the CDC, well, you know, when the CDC kind of starts coming around that the narrative and the house of cards is collapsing. Right. So at this point, then, uh, you know, it was monkeypox as the next scary thing. And also I find very interesting is a wastewater collection. Now you're hearing out of New York with polio. Right. And, and they know parents are going to take polio seriously. seriously yeah. um, my brother-in-law had polio and he was, uh, you know, legally blind. He walked with a limp. He was one of the lucky ones, not an iron lung. Mm-hmm. So it's something to take seriously, but it's also something that we have, uh, we can combat and we just need an informed response that's not, that puts real science, not political science, right. at the driving factor. Well, they're striking while the iron's hot. Absolutely. It's on to the next new scary And thing. they were probably saying, you know, polio would be a great one. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't even doubt if they didn't taint the water. Taint the water. And then also, I wonder, like, they have, uh, like, focus groups, right? Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what can we get? What can we next do next? Thing? Yeah. COVID doesn't get a response anymore. I think people are tired of hearing about it. Monkeypox yep. didn't get the rise that they wanted. They had to come up with something. No. Now they're trying to change where monkeypox originated, just like they wanted to change where COVID originated. You know, because, well, that's not working. we got to come up with something better than that. I agree with you 100%. What about you, Smiley? I, I, I heard that they wanted to actually, uh, there was a big debate. It was a big issue on renaming monkeypox because the gorilla right. community was very offended. You know, yeah, uh, the felt zoo, like they were being attacked. The guys at the zoo had a fit. So, yeah, so. yeah, they were throwing feces. <laughs> I, you know, I, I honestly believe that there was a lot of sincere, um, you know, interest, and I think there was a lot of sincerity on both sides. I just think that, uh, um, I think there was a very, very different perspective on how to handle it, and I think that it's extremely fair to say that the response was way too much. Well, way, way overboard. I think if it hadn't have gone political, if it would have stayed medical, I think we would have been better off. But the minute it flipped to political, left against the right, yeah. that's what ruined it. So, my, so my, that's the, the consequences because they went so overboard. Mm-hmm. And, and I would say a, there was power was abused. Um, the consequences, a loss of, loss of trust. So, oh. so when something else does come up, they'll never believe it. Yeah, it, it's it's. Would you? Well, uh, it, it, I don't believe anything, Dave. That's true. You don't. <laughs> I don't believe anything that any politician ever says to me. Yeah, yeah and absolutely. So, like, natural immunity was another tipping point, right? It's always been recognized. Even what everybody wants to talk. I think it's the Johnson case, like in the early 1900s, about smallpox immunization. What they never bothered to tell you was. That this, they actually, you didn't have to be immunized if you had natural immunity. Even back in the early 1900s, they recognized natural immunity. So don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. If you want to say the vaccination's important, then so is natural immunity, just like 100 years ago mm-hmm. when it was recognized. Right. Yeah, see, that's it. There's just, there, there's an agenda and there's no, there's no honesty. However they can get to that agenda, because they just think we're stupid. Absolutely. They, they drive it. And so one of the things I want to leave you guys with some um, tips just to, to do this. Uh, a big issue is redirect the vocabulary. It's one of the ways they shape the narrative. And ghost guns, it really, every time I hear it, just ee, 
on the chalkboard, okay? <laughs> Don't fall into it. Don't accept it. Right. Right? Okay, and then reclaim the narrative when they start shifting or labeling something misinformation. Push back. Look at how much they, they spewed out in 2021 that has now been found to be, they're the ones that perpetuate right. the misinformation. And you don't even have to say what it is because everything was misinformation and it was all they're doing. Right. Can't get, can't transmit, you know. Yep. Ooh. Yeah. Awkward. Yeah. So <laughs> But I feel much better that I have it. But you know, it's, I'm not dying. Well, there's people out there that are getting. My last co-host got COVID. She was sick for a couple of days, and she's fine. Yeah, and that the whole thing about oh, it would have been worse if I didn't. It's called an unfalsifiable argument. Well, it's of a course. like a logical fallacy. It can't be yeah. disproved. If I'd have married somebody else, I'd be filthy rich. <laughs> what? Uh, what was the most surprising thing you you learned of this whole thing? What was one thing where you were like, oh my gosh, like. So, Surprise. I saw a Jordan Peterson, Joe Rogan uh, video, and it was just a minute clip, and I encourage everybody to look it up, but he talked about how they take territory, and it's just incrementally, ever, a little bit at a time, and once I saw that, then I went, and that was probably, I saw that in April, and I went to, and now every meeting I go to, I see, so one of the ways they do it, agenda creep, they make an agenda, mm. like let's look at item 15 on the day that they churned it from manufacturers to sellers, distributors, and marketers. They, they went in with one, uh, we're going to address manufacturers, and then they went beyond we're that. We're going to go into detail. I'm going to have you, we're going to give, we're going to talk to you yes. in the next segment as well, and I want you to go into detail about that, because it's very, very interesting. But keep 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 going. Okay, I was just going to say, so th that agenda creep is one, Trojan horse, uh, the local CEDAW or ordinance, which was uh, supposedly for the elimination of discrimination against women, except what they did is they didn't, they presented it as UN version, and we'll talk about more. Uh, I'm not going to be very happy when I leave here tonight. No, you're always happy, man. I know, that's true. All you're, right. in, you're in a little GTI out there today? Yeah, that thing I, kicks butt. That's got to make you six happy. Six-speed six manual, little 30, 30 miles per gallon. Yeah, I think <laughs> Right here on Gun Owners Radio. Don't touch that dial, folks. Mary's going to stick around with us and help us out on Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio. FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Well, attention California residents. Gun laws are changing across the county. The recent SCOTUS ruling affirms your right to carry a concealed firearm. So now, more than ever, it's critical you know your California gun laws. That's why the U.S. Concealed Carry Association exists. To help keep responsible Americans up to date with education and training. Visit uscca.com slash G-O-R to learn more about the California gun laws and getting your concealed carry permit. That's uscca.com slash G-O-R uh, for the most up-to-date California gun law information. Act now. So you were, you were actually, Mary, you were, were you in the room or you, were you watching when they passed the... Uh the county passed the uh, we want to sue manufacturers yes thing and, and actually um i had had a prepared speech to, t to talk about it because uh, he did it right at the last uh, minute before they allowed public comment right before the vote and i addressed it in my public comment i said nathan you're doing it again <laughs> you're, you're you know taking it farther than what was in the stated agenda 
And so the Brown Act actually requires them to post the agenda yep. uh, 72 hours in advance for regular meetings. And then they have to, it's normally 20 words, but it has to be, the COVID item can be up to 100 or 100, 110 words. And so they have to um, get be specific enough to give people a, an idea of what's going to happen. What did Nathan say when you said that? Nothing. They have the poker face. Most of them are just looking down at their phones, honestly. So uh, sometimes I feel like it's a facade where they act like they're listening to us, but we already know that what decision they're going to make. Right. Um, but at this point, when but they, you got to be there, you've got to be there and you've got to take every tactic to hold them accountable and hold their feet to the fire. And so when I saw them do that, I thought, Nope, that wasn't on the agenda as your supporting documents uh, stated that was going to be manufactured. So this was a couple months ago. Let's, let's, let's take a little bit of a step back and kind of walk people through it. So okay. what they did is they passed a, an initiative to... The, the item was titled, Actions to Stem the Tide of Gun Violence in Our Communities. And it's one of these like ambiguous, kind of a very uh, overly broad. And then you had to dig down and click in the agenda to the supporting documents where they talked about manufacturers. And then it was during the meeting, all of a sudden, like a vinyl record, like, oh, we're going to yeah. throw in, make a friendly amendment to throw in distributors, markers, and sellers, which was beyond the scope of what had been posted on the agenda. Yeah, which was, so he went on this whole media tour where he talked about, you know, and I was, they'd call us and say, hey, you know, what do you guys think about it? And we weighed in on it. And they went on, they did a press conference, they went on a media tour, and they talked about, hey, you know, all we want to do is go after manufacturers who are, uh, you know, who, who are selling guns to criminals or, you know, whatever. They, they kind of softened it, you know, so they, they told the story to the public and then at the last second, at the last second in the meeting, they added not just gun manufacturers, but basically gun shops too, and their distributors. Mm -hmm. um, added that at the very last second. Now that's not, you know, that's not, <clears throat> that, that's not, that, that's substantial. It's very substantial, and it's part of uh, one of the tactics. So one was agenda creep, where they ask, add the last minute. They also do the Trojan horse, where they, I call it um, a dog pill and a marshmallow, or my less kind name is turd and a taco. Um, where, yeah, oh. so where they hide something and camouflage it, right? So they start out, oh, well, man, you know, I mean, uh, seller's okay, and, but then they just keep adding to it. So, and then they dilute our voices, for example. Another way, thing they did was they wanted to rein in hate speech. A, a man called uh, Wilma Wooten a very derogatory, pejorative name. And, um, and so they made, revised rules, but then it went a step further and they took away clapping. So they took away clapping. You're not allowed to clap in chambers. But oh, oh wait, let can me you snap. Can we snap? Uh, I mean, let me clarify it. You can chat. The, the first part, 45 minutes, is proclamations where you can openly clap for the things they want you to clap for. When it comes to the public speaking, then we're not allowed to clap. He gavels us quiet all the time. And I'm actually researching um, videos, and I've talked to a lawyer um, that I am pursuing, um, exploring at this point. But and that's awesome. So, the, but the Brown Act, which basically it it it's rules. It's rules for you know um, how you can conduct a meeting. Uh, the most common is what you have to do in order to uh, present some kind of regulation or, or initiative or whatever. You know, um, what you're explaining. You know, you have to put it out a certain amount of time, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it's it's you know it has to do with elected officials being able to talk to each other about certain things that, you know, unless it's in public, I mean, it, you know, this is a real law. Mm -hmm. um, and they broke it by changing substantially this initiative that they passed. I feel there was a violation, but that it, it's how um, 
so I sent a cure and correct letter in July. Mm-hmm. You have 30 days to do that. And then either they don't respond or um, they can take it. So for example, in October, um, when they did the vaccine mandate for new hires, um, somebody had sent a letter and they ended up doing uh, the cure and correct and they had to revote on that um, at the meeting afterwards. So that's what I was hoping for with this, but they've taken the ignore tactic at that point. And so, um, at this point, then I have a choice. I can sue them, um, or I can move on to the first amendment. So I'm not sure that there's enough, uh, what juice in the squeeze yeah. to pursue a lawsuit for this. I feel like there's a lot better case case with the clapping, um, because it's so subjective and so that they allow it at the part of the meeting. They, if you've talked to an attorney, Perhaps. Perhaps. Okay. All right. We'll have to talk because I, I might have an attorney for you. Maybe It might be the same attorney. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. But the issue is, and I had seen an article from Ian Pryor, if you're not familiar with him, he was deeply involved with Loudoun County and all the school nonsense going there with the um, bathroom assaults and the cover-up. Um, and the issue is, he said that uh, one of the tactics that citizens now used to be afraid to take on, but no longer are, is lawfare. Because when you point out a problem to the government and you tell them that it needs to be fixed and they ignore you. People used to think twice. Now I think a lot more people are willing to engage and there are a lot more places like say the first amendment coalition that helped me with my Brown act um, letter. They have resources and, and they were great. So citizens are educated and informed and they are no longer afraid to take on the tyrants. We are at the top of the organizational chart. And I think that's awesome. And it's not, you know, wow. I, I, you're very bright and motivated person. Um, you know, but I, I'm, you know, you're not a millionaire. You know what I mean? You didn't spend a lifetime in, in politics. You don't have like some special skills. You're just somebody that said, hey, you she know what? She was a police dispatcher. Right. But I'm just saying. She's got lots of money. <laughs> But what I'm saying is I think that people, they think this is all too complicated. It's too hard. You know, they don't know where to start. And I think you're a perfect example of just a concerned citizen who said, hey, you know what? This country, this county is just as much mine as it is any, everybody else's. Absolutely. And, you know, here's the thing. The Internet is a great equalizer when it comes to education. You don't need to go to Harvard and Yale. And you probably don't want yeah. your kid to do that now. No, uh, no, right. Yeah, the way they'll be turned and indoctrinated. So, yeah, learn and research. That's what I did is I just started looking at the rights and what my available tools were. And then because we have this feeling of, like, helplessness, like, oh, we'll have to move from California to make it better no, no. we're going to fight for california right. and enough of us are going to wake up and do this and you can do it too george washington isn't famous because he fled virginia right and one of the things that is i don't know how close we are to closing here but keep I going did, we'll, so, we got you okay. we'll, 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 we'll manage okay. the clock you okay. you'll, hear, you'll so hear music i wrote a beginner's guide to, act, to civic engagement and Go activism for it. okay so step one step one well i'm going to show up my little there's a QR code if anybody wants to see it. But I end it by saying Concord or the couch. Mm. And what I mean by that is there are days <laughs> where I certainly don't want to get involved. I have better things to do than go to a meeting. But what I think about is back in Concord and Lexington, there was a Minuteman sitting there by the fire having a warm bowl of stew. And, and a knock came at the door. And he had a choice. There he was by the fire, boots off, feet up. He could turn for the second bowl or he could answer the call. He could choose comfort over cause. And so at this point, we need to choose cause. We need This is our Concord in Lexington, and we need to answer the, the call. Did you ever think you'd be doing this? No, no, and I, it's yeah. a shame that I have to, but I'm doing it so the next generation won't have to. And what did you say at the very beginning about the price? The price, well, you get the government you tolerate. You get the government you tolerate. The, uh, what's the quote? The... Uh, 
ever vigilance, right? The price of uh, of liberty. The price of liberty is eternal village e- vigilance. Is. Eternal, yeah. eternal vigilance. And I'm not sure that might have been one of your other guests, but but yeah, that oh. it's absolutely oh. true. Oh my apologies. No, Still, no. It, it rings true here. It rings true for every yeah. segment because they are trying to erode, and that's why my shirt says. Uh, freedom is like the Grand Canyon, and on the back it shows an outline of America eroded. It's eroded a grain at a time. And when I go to these meetings, every single time I see that they are trying to take this right and the gun rights, they are doing it incrementally, and we've got to stand up and say enough. Awesome job, Mary. Thank you so much. What's a, you get a website, or where would you want um, I'm to- about to start a new one. It's going to be Political 911 and talking about saving California. I like the 911 homage to your old job absolutely (laughs) i didn't catch that you didn't catch that i'm not very smart you were yesterday (laughs) so hey this is been another great show alicia you just talk so much i'm exhausted trying to hold it in so i i just like to say really quickly i went ahead and i clicked the link through the 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 qr code that mary was showing i've i've gone to the beginner's guide to civic activism and i've got that i got some homework there's 34 pages i see and i'd like to ask mary would you allow me to attend with you my first meeting I would love that. Love we it. could be, yeah, activist buddies, yeah. I got, a, I, I got a Denny's menu. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know what button I push. Go to Superbird. Nothing wrong with that. Real quick, I also have the act of holding them accountable. It's Super a transparency bird. and teleconferencing. It's an online petition. And here is the QR code for Another that. Another one. So, hey, you know what? Yeah, you've got to, to activate the activists, right? There you go. Awesome job. All right. So I guess we're just about That's done. it. Yeah, man. The the uh, the disclosures that you always rush through, we have time for them now. Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> hey, support our sponsors, San Diego County Gun Owners, Orange County, Inland Empire, the Dillon Law Group, PRMI Mortgage, Sage Street Digital Marketing, Seal One, Leo Hamill Fine Jewelry, San Diego Flight Training International, and our newest par- partner, U.S. Concealed Carry Association. Big thanks to Michael Schwartz, Alicia and uh, Action Jackson and our wonderful board op, Brendan Thomas and Mary and all the guests we had today. Folks, don't sit on the couch. Get up and do something. FM 9611780. The answer. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.